You're listening to the Sick Mom's Guide Podcast, Lucky Episode 13. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide Podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. So today's podcast is a little bit different. Today I'm talking about the 10 things that suck about being a chronically ill mom. And you might think, you know, hey, that's really depressing. And why am I going to listen to you complain about a bunch of stuff? But the reason I'm saying it is because a lot of us go through the same thing, whether it's chronic illness, chronic pain, depression, anxiety, we have a lot of the same feelings, right? And I want to talk about them. And I want to get them out on the table. And I want to be really real with how I feel and what it's like. And see if maybe you can understand some of these feelings. And if you think some of the same things too. But at the end of it, I'm going to tell you some ways that you can have your life be better, even though you're going through all this stuff. So I just want you to know that there is light at the end of this 10 things that suck tunnel. All right, so let's get started. So 10 things that suck about being a chronically ill mom. Well, the first thing, number one, I cannot run around and play with my kids. So sure, I can take them to the park. But then I have to rest on the bench while they run around. My kids see all the other moms running around and they ask me every time I go to the doctor, mom, will this doctor be able to make you run again? And barring a miracle, they never will. And that's not an easy pill to swallow for me. Number two, talk about swallowing pills. I have so many medicines for this, medicines for that, medicines to stop the problems caused by the other medicines. There are literally a lot of pills to swallow. Number three, I'm tired. No, really, I'm tired. I'm so tired all the time. No matter how much sleep I get or how much I lay down, my body never feels rested. Number four, I'm in pain. We're talking serious pain, constant pain. The pain makes basic movement difficult. It makes being the mom I always envisioned impossible. Number five, Numbers two and three make me grumpy and I hate being grumpy. I really do. I want to be fun. I want to be silly. I want to be that happy all the time mommy and not this chick that I really feel like I am. Oh yeah. When I think about it, it makes me more grumpy and that is not helping my grumpiness. Number six is that number four makes me feel guilty. Oh, the guilt. If these diseases weren't eating me up, the guilt surely would be. Some days I feel like they'd be better off without me, but only for a second, because I want to be with these beautiful people every second I can. But I can't be with them and do the things I want to do the way I feel like I should be doing them. Hashtag more guilt. Number seven, people think that since I feel down about things, I need an antidepressant. I do not. I am not depressed in the clinical sense. I am living with these things listed above, and I would much rather have people validate my experience and help me make a plan to get through all of it than to offer me pills. There's nothing wrong with being depressed and needing medicine, but it's more depressing having people try to tell you that if you just took some medicine, everything would be fine because it's not going to change my situation. Number eight. My relationship with my husband isn't what it used to be. Seriously. Have you read what's happening to my body over here? Have you listened to what's happening? It's crazy. I mean, he's supportive and kind, but I just don't have energy like I used to. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm grumpy. And I'm guilty 
And that is not a fun combination to be with. And when I think about how I am with him, sometimes the guilt starts in. Okay, so I'm detecting a little bit of a pattern here. And number nine, sometimes my attitude sucks. I know my attitude should be better. I have a blog about it. I wrote a book about it. I know it has to be better. It has to be better for me. It has to be better for my kids. It has to be better for my husband. But sometimes I just have to be allowed to feel what I feel and get it out. I have to be honest and real and let you know that this crap is harder than I ever imagined a consistent way of living ever could be. But what's the alternative, right? Number 10, I worry about what will happen to my young kids if I die early. Will they remember me? Will they have a new mommy? Will they love her better? Does that sound petty? But these thoughts are all too real to people like me who have potentially life-threatening life-threatening diseases. And oh, right, there's one more. Number 11. I worry about what will happen to my kids if I do live a long time, slowly losing muscle mass and the ability to breathe and swallow. What kind of life is that for a young child to have to watch their mother slowly fade away? And before you say it will build compassion or some other trite response, really try to imagine it yourself and imagine it for your kids. So talking about that can really get depressing, right? That's kind of a depressing list. But did you know that millions of moms in the United States, just the United States, and millions more all around the rest of the world suffer from some type of chronic illness? Did you know that until now, there hasn't been a positive support system just for them? It's true. There's been lots of other people talking about different diseases and different things, but nothing specifically for moms going through these issues together to work out how to lift each other up and support each other. I'm living this chronic, crazy life, and I am creating a new support system because I understand it. I get what you're going through, and I want to help all the moms out there find the support they need and they want. So the reason I've started this podcast is so that we have something to listen to. If you need help with something, but you just can't read anymore, you can't watch one more thing, you're tired of researching, because let's face it, it's hard to get all the answers we need from our doctors. Our doctors are busy, they're overworked, some would say overpaid, but I don't know if that's necessarily true, but they're definitely overworked, and they don't have time to take the time to take pay attention to every little thing, right? So we are doing all this research. But if you listen to this podcast, you can click on an episode that has an issue that you're going through. You can hear from somebody who's got a different viewpoint. And what I'm trying to do with this podcast is get guests on who have viewpoints that are a little bit different than what you typically read or what you typically listen to, right? And the great thing about all the guests here is that they all have gone through something. Everybody on my podcast, they've had a chronic illness. They deal with chronic pain. They are living through anxiety or depression and they get what you're dealing with, right? So they're not just on here saying, oh, if you just exercise for 30 minutes a day, your depression's going to go away and your diseases will get healed. Or, I mean, I could go through the list of things that I've heard, right? If I had stronger faith in God or if I ate the right food or if I gave up the one food or, you know, if I started my day early in the morning or if I went to bed at a certain time and got up at a certain time, 
you know, or the exercise thing that seems to come up a lot. There's so many trite responses when someone finds out that you're ill, but everybody is unique. Every person is unique and our needs are unique. And the reason I'm doing this is so you can come on and you can hear people that have been through it, that are going through it, and they have a different way of looking at things. And they can say, hey, I've been where you are, and this is how I've gotten through it. Or maybe they're not all the way through it, but maybe they're just making things better. And that's why we're here. And I've got this great book. And it's called The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. And let me tell you something. I wish I had that book when my older kids were young and I was on the couch all the time thinking I couldn't do anything. Because back then, I hate to say how old I am, but computers were new. There weren't websites for everything. I didn't even know what a blog was when my older kids were younger. So I didn't have a place to go and learn and research from all these different real people. I went to the library and I had books, but the days that I was too sick to go anywhere and my eyes were too sick to read, there was nothing I could find. And I just had to sit there and watch whatever was on the television. So this book is awesome because there's so many things in it. So there's a hundred things to do with your kids, 50 of them, if you can't even get off the couch. But did you know there's 25 things to do for you? There's 25 things to do with the love of your life. There's 25 things to do with your friends. And it even talks about ways to make going to the doctor fun again, which granted, it's a bit of a stretch. But hey, we have to put the fun into everything we can, right? Because life is serious. Life can be hard. Life as a chronically ill mom can just be so overwhelming. And I want to help you be the super person that you can. Not super mom, because she is dead to me. But the super you the perfect you that you are. I want you to make peace with her. I want you to be happy with her. I want you to go to bed at night, lay your head on the pillow and be satisfied knowing that you are the mom that your kids are supposed to have. You are the person that was intended to be their mom. So you are going to make the best of that each day. And if that means you're on the couch all day tomorrow, then you're on the couch all day tomorrow. So let's find some ways to make that a little bit more exciting, right? So I thought that I would share a little bit from the book with you because I told you I would make it a little bit better and give you light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, so right now I'm going to bust some myths about being a sick mom. This is from chapter one in the book. Myth number one, life is unfair for my kids having a mom like me. But the truth is your kids were literally born to be your children. You have a love for them that no one else will. And you're going to take the best care of them that you can. A loving mom is a great thing for a child to have in their life. And I'll tell you another thing. Not all kids have that. So if you are loving your kids to the best of your ability, you are giving them a precious, precious gift. Myth number two, my kids will stop loving me because I'm sick. The truth is that your kids love you unconditionally, just like you love them unconditionally. They might feel something, they might feel worried that something will happen to you. And sometimes that's going to make them standoffish, but they will never stop loving them because you are their mom forever. Myth three, my child will resent me for not being able to do the things other parents can do. Yeah, okay. So honestly, I buy into this myth every once in a while. I'm going to be honest with you. But here's the deal. Here's the truth. All children feel resentful sometimes. 
It doesn't matter if you're sick or healthy or poor or rich or, you know, don't know many people or are totally famous, your kids are going to feel resentful sometimes. It's just the nature of growing up. They might that and they might feel that way occasionally, but it will pass. As long as they see you trying hard, right? They might not be seeming like they're paying attention, but they're watching you and they're watching to see if you're trying, okay? As long as they know that you're trying to be the parent that you want to be, they're paying attention to that. And when they grow up, they're going to come to respect the obstacles you've overcome to be the great mom that you are. And they're going to know in their heart that you're trying your hardest. And that means more to them than you realize. Myth number four, my child is missing out on something better by having me as a mom. If you think that for a second, you have got to put that out of your head. Okay, the truth is there's nothing better for your child than having a mom who loves them unconditionally and always loves and supports them. Every parent's different, but you are special. You really are. And your child is lucky to be able to experience all the wonderful strengths you have. So your wonderful strength may be that you can read a killer story, right? Then get out the books and start reading and give the characters personality and do all that and play with them or get out the Play-Doh and make the beastie things that you can make or, you know, engage with them and, you know, if they're older in a game or play the video games that they like, do something, but you've got strengths. You just need to find what they are and focus on those instead of focusing on your weakness. Myth five, my child will always feel helpless watching me be this way. The truth is that knowledge is power. Keep your child educated about what's happening with your body. Take them with you to the doctor so they can understand what's happening. Get books and study together so you can see and they can see what the symptoms for your disease is and ways to help. Let them help you find ways to ease your symptoms. And that is going to give them some feeling of control. A lot of moms don't want to show their weakness, or maybe they have a disease that can be scary. A word like cancer can be scary. And so they might try to hide things from their children. But here's the deal. Cancer is not a death sentence. It's a scary word. But there are ways to get through the treatment and there are ways to get through the symptoms and there are ways to heal. And if your child thinks of it as scary, and my mom can't even talk about it, that's going to put more fear into them. So as hard as it is, and you may want to look at what you're showing them before you show it to them, if they're younger, and make sure that what you're reading is things that they can handle. But let them help you give them some power over your illness. Tell them the ways they can help ease your symptoms. Obviously, you know, they're not your nurse, they're not your attendant, we're not expecting them to be there all the time. But if they have no control over anything, it's going to make them feel powerless. And it's going to make them feel worse. So give them ways that they can help. It's okay. They're little human people. Human people want to help others. It's inside them. Give them ways to do it. And it's going to give them a greater connection with you. Myth number five, my child thinks I'm weak. The truth to that is, Kind of going back to the last one, keep them educated about your condition. If outside influences are confused about your influence and telling your child that you should be or feel or act better than you are, you need to fight that ignorance with knowledge. Also know that sometimes your child may act like you're less sick than you are, and it's because they care about you, not because they don't. Sometimes people find it easier to pretend things are fine, and this might be their way of coping. 
I'm telling you this because this is what my adult daughter told me. I was very upset with her because she had a hard time listening to me talk about my illness. And I thought it was because she didn't think I was sick or because she wanted to ignore me or whatever. But what she said was the more she thought about it, the more painful it was. So if she pretended like I was fine, she felt better. It was a way of protecting herself. So know that if your child acts that way, they're not trying to be mean. Okay. It's just their way of coping. Different people have different way of coping. All right. So have an honest discussion with them. It's the easiest way to make sure they understand what's going on. And if they understand, then don't talk about it all the time. Because I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's like, oh, my back, my arms, I can't walk. And that's all they talk about. People stop hanging around with them. Okay, so believe me, I get it. I've got symptoms in almost every part of my body from my head to my toes. I'm in constant pain. But if I'm out there and that's all I'm saying to everybody all the time, those are the people that lose contact with me. Okay, so you let it be known what's happening. You bring it up when you're having a bad day so people understand. And then you're just going to have to bite your tongue and talk about other positive things. It's hard. And maybe it doesn't seem fair sometimes. But trust me, you're going to reap the reward from doing that. I promise. Because you just don't want to be that guy that only talks about that. Talk about it enough for people to understand, though. And then we got to stop. Okay, myth number six, my child would be better off without me. Okay, now if you feel like you are making a plan for your child to be better off without you, or you're feeling suicidal or really depressed, I'm going to stop right here and say, please get some help. Please make a phone call and talk to somebody because those are not thoughts you should be having. Okay. But if every once in a while you think, you know, maybe they should live with somebody else or go with their other parent or whatever, I want you to remember that as long as everyone's safe, your child is best off with his or her mom, no matter what the situation. Okay, and I'm not discounting dads. So if you're a dad listening to this who loves their child, yes, your child should be with you too. I'm not taking that away. What I'm saying is your child needs to be with their parents, okay? They need all the time with their parents they should get. If you feel often like your child would be better off without you, you might be struggling with depression. So seek help for that before it sucks you too far down, okay? Myth number seven, there is no cure for my illness. I have no hope. The truth of that is that hope comes from inside you. I know it sounds really stupid, but it's true. Okay, the hope you feel is going to come from inside. You can find things to focus on, right, that are positive, and you can find things to look forward to. You can find passion in planning for your child's future and enjoying the now with them. Okay, so I have an illness called muscular dystrophy. There is no cure for my illness. I'm watching my muscles waste away. But I'll be honest with you, I have hope. And I'll tell you why. As my doctor said today, as I was in his office, things are changing every day in the medical field. We don't know if tomorrow there's going to be a cure or tomorrow there's going to be something that can stop the progression of my disease. And it's the same for you. 
Maybe tomorrow there's an answer. So don't give up today. You keep your body going as good as you can. You keep as fit as you can. And believe me, for somebody like me, it is not going out and doing aerobic exercise, but it means that I get up out of bed and it means that I make my legs walk and it means that I move. Same for you, whatever it is that you need to do to keep your body moving forward and to keep your mind positive, you do those things. Okay, because there's people around you that don't have a chronic illness. There's people that don't have chronic pain or anxiety or depression, and they feel hopeless. Well, okay, maybe they do have anxiety and depression. But what I'm saying is, there's people going through all different kinds of things that feel like they have no hope. The fact that you have an illness does not have to take all your hope away. What if you have an illness, and they've told you you only have a certain amount of time left? Then you need to take that time to enjoy your life as much as you can. And you know, there's lots of people who are given six months and it's 16 years later and they're still out doing stuff. So you cannot give into that. You fight, you fight with all you've got and you show your family and you show your kids that you're going to try as hard as you can. And you know, you make a plan for your kid's future and you tell them how proud you are that they're going to do these things and you make plans for them for the future and for yourself for the future and you don't give up. Okay. So yes, it sucks. It's hard. Nobody wants to live a life that they know is going to be hard. So you know what you need to do? We're going to make it less hard. We're going to take positive things to focus on. We're going to find ways to be happy. We're going to read the sick mom's guide to having fun again. I'm telling you what, I'm not just saying it because it's my book. I'm saying because it's going to give you hope. It's going to teach you how to ditch the guilt. It's going to teach you how to have hope. It's going to teach you how to have fun. And I want those things for you. Because it's in the title, but it's also true. If I can do it, you can too. If I can only be out of bed two to six hours a day and parent my kids and have a good life and enjoy myself, you can too. So join me on this incredible road that I'm on. Join my group. Right now it's on Facebook called Chronically Positive Moms. We would love to have you there. You can find it. That's a lot to remember if you go to the sickmomsguide.com. So right now you're listening to the Sick Moms Guide podcast, right? So the sickmomsguide.com, it's real easy to find. And down at the bottom, there's a little picture that says chronically positive moms. Click on it. Join us because you know what? You don't need to go through all this alone. And all the people that are there, they get how it sucks. They get how to make it better. They're totally supportive of each other. It's the most amazing group of women I've ever seen. And I guarantee you're going to like it. So I just I thank you for joining me today. And I want you to think right now about one way you can find something positive to look forward to tomorrow and make that thing happen. Because whatever state you're in, whatever position you're in, whatever illness or depression or anxiety or pain you have, you can do something positive tomorrow, I promise. So I'm right here with you. I would love to hear what that thing is. If you can send me an email, um, contact at thesickmomsguide.com, look me up on Facebook, Jen Hardy, it's author at facebook.com slash Jen Hardy, 
Find me, connect with me, let me know what you're doing to move forward. I want to know because guess what? If you share how you're moving forward, you're going to inspire somebody else to share how they can move forward. And it may be something silly. It may be, I got up and made dinner for my family yesterday and I haven't done that in a month. It may be, I read my kids a book last night and I haven't done that in a year. It could be anything at all. Just let me know what it is and share it because you're going to inspire somebody else and then their life is going to be more positive and we're going to have this ripple effect and it's going to be awesome. So thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate your time. I respect it and I know it's very valuable because honestly, time's what we got, right? So thank you again. This episode was sponsored by the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. You can find it on thesickmomsguide.com, on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com, anywhere they sell books online. And our song today is A New Day by Scott Holmes. And I love his little perky song. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you would subscribe. If you want to go a step further and rate and review it, that really helps because wherever you listen to podcasts, that tells them, hey, this is a good podcast. People like it. They want to tell other people about it. And then they show us to more people and they can hear the message and they can join us because we are going to start a movement and we're going to move forward because you are not alone anymore. Thanks for joining me and have a fantastic week.